failure and the myth of errorless learning. In the 1950s and 60s, the psychologist B.F. Skinner advocated the adoption of errorless learning methods in education in the belief that errors by learners are counterproductive and result from faulty instruction. The theory of errorless learning gave rise to ins instructional techniques in which learners were spoon-fed new material in small bites and immediately quizzed on them while they still remained on the tongue, so to speak, fresh in short-term memory and easily spit out onto the test form. There was virtually no chance of making an error. Since those days, we've come to understand that retrieval from short-term memory is an ineffective learning strategy and that errors are an integral part of striving to increase one's mastery over new material. Yet, in our Western culture, where achievement is seen as an indicator of ability, many learners view errors as failure and do what they can to avoid committing them. The aversion to failure may be reinforced by instructors who labor under the belief that when learners are allowed to make errors, it's the errors that they will learn. This is a misguided impulse. When learners commit errors and are given corrective feedback, the errors are not learned. Even strategies that are highly likely to result in errors, like asking someone to try to solve a problem before being shown how to do it, produce stronger learning and retention of the correct information than more passive learning strategies, provided there is a corrective feedback. Moreover, people who are taught that learning as a strategy as, is a struggle that often involves making errors will go on to exhibit a greater propensity to tackle tough challenges and will tend to see mistakes not as failures but as lessons and turning points along the path to mastery. To see the truth of this, look no further than the kid down the hall was deeply absorbed in working his avatar up through the levels of an action game on his Xbox video console. A fear of failure can poison learning by creating aversions to the kinds of experimentation and risk taking that characterize and risk taking that characterize striving or by diminishing performance under pressure as in a test setting. In the latter instance, students who have a high fear of making errors when taking tests may actually do worse in the test because of their anxiety. Why? It seems that a significant portion of their working memory capacity is expended to monitor their performance. How am I doing? Am I making mistakes? Leaving less working memory capacity available to solve the problem posed by the test. Quote, 
Working memory, unquote, refers to the amount of information you can hold on the mind while working through a problem, especially in the face of distraction. Everyone's working memory is severely limited, some more than others, and larger working memory capacities correlate with higher IQs. To explore this theory about how fear of failure reduces test performance, sixth graders in France were given very difficult anagram problems that none of them could solve. After struggling unsuccessfully with the problems, half of the kids received a 10-minute lesson in which they were taught that difficulty is a crucial part of learning. Errors are natural and to be expected, and practice helps, just as in learning to ride a bicycle. studies point out that not all difficulties in learning are desirable ones. Anxiety while taking a new test seems to represent an undesirable difficulty. These studies also underscore the importance of learners understanding that difficulty in learning new things is not only to be expected but can be beneficial. To this point, the French study stands on the shoulders of many others among the foremost being the works of Carol Dweck and of Anders Ericsson, both of whom are dis- we discuss in Chapter 7 in relation to the topic of increasing intellectual abilities. Dweck's work shows that people who believe that their inte- intellectual abilities fixed from birth, wired in their genes, tend to avoid challenges at which they may not succeed because failure would appear to be an indication of lesser native ability. By contrast, people who are helped to understand that effort and learning change the brain and that their intellectual abilities lie to a larger degree within their own control are more likely to tackle difficult challenges and persist at them. They view failure as a sign of effort and as a turn and as a turn in the road rather than as a measure of inability, and the end of the road. Anders Ericsson's work investigating the nature of expert performances shows that to achieve expertise requires thousands of hours of dedicated practice in which one strives to surpass one's current level of ability, a process in which failure becomes an essential experience on the path to mastery. The study of the French sixth graders received wide, wide publicity and inspired the staging of a festival of errors by an elite graduate school in Paris aimed at teaching French school children that making mistakes is a constructive part of learning, not a sign of failure but of effort. Festival organizers argue that modern society's focus on showing results has led to a culture of intellectual timorousness, starving the kind of intellectual ferment that 
and risk-taking that produced the greater discoveries that mark French history. It doesn't require a great conceptual leap to get from Paris's Festival of Errors to San Francisco's FailCon, where technology entrepreneurs and venture capitalists meet once a year to study failures that gave them critical insights they needed in order to pivot in their business strategies so as to succeed. Thomas Edison called failure and sor the source of inspiration. As is said to have remarked, I have not failed, I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work. He argued that perseverance in the face of failure is the key to success. Failure underlies the scientific method which has advanced our understanding of the world we in inhabit. The qualities of persistence and resiliency where failures is seen as useful information underlies successful innovation in every sphere and lies the core of nearly all successful learning. Failure points to the need for redoubled effort or liberates us to try different approaches. Steve Jobs, in his remarks in the Stanford University graduating class of 2005, spoke of being fired at age 30 in 1985 from Apple Computer, which he had co-founded. Quote, I didn't see it then, but it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that I could have ever happened to me. The heaviness of being successful was replaced by the lightness of being a beginner again, less sure about everything. It freed me to enter one of the most creative periods of my life." Unquote. It's not the failure that's desirable, it's the dauntless effort, despite the risks, the discovery of what works and what doesn't, that someone only failure can reveal, or sometimes only failure can reveal. It's trusting that trying to solve a puzzle serves us better than being spoon-fed the solution, even if we fall short in our first attempts at an answer.